Hey, Justin here with Stay at Home Dads Podcast. We're going to talk about a lot of guy stuff, talk about a lot of dad stuff, so thanks for being here. If you like what I'm doing, or rather what you're hearing, of course, please subscribe, share, help me kind of grow this little podcast. I really appreciate it. All right, so I hope everyone is having a great week. I had quite the hell of a weekend myself this last weekend. My wife went out for a little girl's night with a few of her friends and I stayed home just to keep to myself with the kids or so I thought anyways. A couple buddies in my neighborhood reached out and they wanted to meet up to have a few drinks and when does it ever stop at just a few drinks, right? But anyways, we met up and don't worry, we all live right by each other and we all had baby monitors in hand so please don't give me the judgy stares, right? Anyways, we got together, had a few bourbons, talked about life, storytelling, stuff like that. Got into tasting different bourbons and whiskeys and all that stuff. And of course, I had a few waters in there. Well, I tried. Had maybe one or two. And uh, anyways, had a great night. Got a little tipsy. Uh, came home, ate some food, popped some Advil, chugged some water, and went to bed. No problem, right? Figured... I'll be fine. I was a little inebriated, but I figured I'll bounce back in the morning. Jesus Christ, was I wrong. What the f*** happened? I didn't think I drank that much. I mean, I know last week I just mentioned about alcohol and sleep and they're not great mixers together for quality sleep and that I don't really drink that much, but I usually don't. But I think A, I found out why I don't drink that much and B, I realized that I don't drink that much and I am a serious lightweight. So yeah, the following day was a day full of regret. I was a total freaking pile. Couldn't function, couldn't get out of bed, couldn't stop throwing up. Really, really wish I had drank less. I'm not really much into the the whiskey sipping straight. I don't think I ever will be. I've repeatedly tried to, like it's like a fad or it's like trying to fit in and I try to sip it and I try to have that part of my life and it's just it's just not working. Um, I've done the seltzers. I'm kind of burned out on seltzers to be honest. I think COVID summer everyone was hot and heavy in the seltzers and now I'm just over it. Honestly you give me a nice couple glasses of wine, a cab or something and I'm super happy but that's besides the point. But anyways I think I'm going to go on one of my long, dry stretches of no alcohol once again. It just, it derails my diet, makes me feel like hell. I just, I don't know. I just, I just gotta take a break, I think. Every time I drink excessively, I regret it. Is that how everyone feels? I guess I would imagine so. Nobody likes to be hung over and feel like hell the next day. But I've never been much of a, a heavy drinker. Even when I was young, I didn't drink an excessive amount. Although when I did drink a lot, I do remember the next day not being nearly as bad as my next day was. Does that make sense? I don't know what that is. Like my hangovers were either non-existent or not that bad when I was 22 or 25 compared to what they are now. Is there some psychological effect there that doesn't affect a young person as much as or the alcohol doesn't affect a young person as much as it affects someone that's my age, almost 40. Hold on, let me find some information real quick. Okay, this is what I found. 
out of my genuine curiosity. It says, as you age, your liver becomes slower to metabolize alcohol, prolonging the effects of a hangover. And age leads to less body water, which means alcohol you drink gets less diluted. This can also slow the elimination of alcohol from your system. Many people start to drink less overall as they leave their early 20s behind, so worse hangovers may be the result of reduced alcohol tolerance. I think that's me. And if you binge drink less often now, hangovers may simply just be worse because you're less used to them. So basically, when we're young, our organs are capable of withstanding most bad decisions we make. But as our bodies slowly start losing their ability to take that abuse, and alcohol can start to affect us in a different way, i.e. worse hangovers. I mean, technically, it is a poison, right? Anyways, it gets deeper than that on like a cellular level. Yes, I just read that little paragraph. Um, I'll link that stuff in the description so you guys can check it out on your leisure, at your leisure. So, all right, that's your fun fact for the day. So, what are your opinions on alcohol? Do you drink? Are you a drinker? Do you not? Are you a daily drinker? Every night you have a cocktail? Do you ever question yourself about the amount of alcohol you drink? I usually only socially drink, meeting up with friends, having a few somethings anyways. And almost every time I do it, even if it's just a few drinks the following day, I'll ask myself why. Why did I need to drink? What was the point of that? I guess I do enjoy it in the moment, but I think at my age, even drinking to the point of getting a light buzz, I would feel like shit the following day. So why do, why do I even do it? And like I said just a second ago, it's, it's poison, right? It's legit, it's poison. And I'm actually kind of surprised that it's not regulated more than it is. I mean, I don't want it to be, but what it does and causes in some cases seems like it kind of could be, right? I mean, there was a time when I could drink a lot more regularly before kids and responsibility. Drink with meals, go out with the boys, go out to parties, sit in Buffalo Wild Wings for two hours with my buddy Wes and have a few drinks and wings. And, and yeah, I think we would get buzzed, but we would be there so long eating food and watching TV that we would probably come back down by the time we left. We'd be there for hours. And I mean, I know why young 21s, 22s use it, takes away that social anxiety, makes you loosen up, maybe makes you be a little bit more talkative, talk to that girl, whatever. And I mean, even after I had kids, I mean, even a year or two ago, I could drink regularly, I could drink alone, I could pop something, pour myself a drink, and casually drink it at night, and is that bad? I don't know. At what point does it become a problem? Every night? Every other night? Only on weekends? I don't know. I'm only asking a lot of questions because I really genuinely don't know the answers. I think though, as we get older, at times more stress with, I don't know, kids, jobs, possible relationships, issues, people will tend to drink more when there's some stressor in their lives. <coughs> Excuse me. Maybe to silence the internal voice, forget about those problems, helps people ignore certain feelings, kind of suppresses suppressor like saying you know drowned yourself in alcohol or drink away your sorrow those those common sayings we hear in some respects maybe it's easier for some people to do that bury how they really feel about a particular feeling or situation and they say i'm fine and they just move on do you think that's true i don't really know i left my doctor hat in the other room so now me myself i kind of get into an internal struggle and I think it's easy for a lot of people to get trapped in that. I mentally think 
that I need to drink when other people are drinking. Or in those types of social settings. When no one is even pressuring me, I still cave to my own personal pressure. Not peer pressure, my, my own pressure. I don't even know if that's a real thing. I think I've been getting better at it though. Bring my blender bottle, my water jug with me, and not partake at all. I mean, even just last night, I have a good friend of mine. He's having a hard time right now. And he wanted to come over, have a drink, sit out by the fire on my patio. And I was like, damn, I am just coming off last weekend's alcohol shitstorm. Do I even want to entertain this idea of more whiskey? And that's almost the bad thing. This, I actually thought about it, and I contemplated it. I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I should have a drink with my boy. My internal self was pressuring me to maybe just have one. When I just got done telling myself that I'm done drinking for a while, and that wasn't even a week ago, so... What's wrong with me? I don't know. I didn't I didn't cave though. I filled my bottle and I put water flavor in it and I went out there and I was good. And I, and, and today I'm I'm grateful that I made that choice to kind of stand up to myself and 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 not do that. So do you ever have that internal pressure that you almost talk yourself into doing stuff when you know you shouldn't? I don't know why we think that way. It's like we are trying to impress ourselves or show that we're in control or that we can do it. We ain't no chicken shit or something stupid. I don't know. All right, so along with drinking alcohol, apparently excessively, I've been talking about, what do a lot of people do? They probably talk themselves into it after drinking. That's driving home, right? driving buzzed, half-cocked, drunk, whatever. And the freaking sad thing is, is I think we've all done it. Talking to you right now, you. I think we've all done it. We may not want to admit it, but we have. I know I have. I'm not proud of it, but I'm going to admit it. You talk to yourself, you end up saying, hey, I'm fine. I'm good. Just like the commercials on the TV. You look in the mirror at the bar, and you're like, yeah, man, I'm good. I'm good. You point at yourself. Finger guns, you know? I'll just drive straight, I won't speed, blah blah blah, and a lot of people get away with it, but I don't know what that what that is, what that, that struggle is either, that we can't leave our car somewhere overnight, or, I mean, we're under the influence, I know, so we're not thinking clearly, so let's be honest, that's probably why. And like I said, I've done it. It was a long ass time ago, but it sticks with me, I, it's a vivid memory for me, and I've never really even told this story, but I was out with friends. And there was this girl that I was off and on dating a little bit. And it wasn't my wife, though. This was before then. And she was supposed to meet up with us. Well, she shows up to this bar. And she actually showed up with, like, another dude. And I was like, what the hell is this? Well, she proceeds to dodge me and ignore me the whole night. So I guess we must have been really off dating and not really dating. I don't know. So, of course, I take a couple shots. I think I had some Jack Daniels. Had a couple beers. And I said, to hell with this, and I left. Hopped in my little eclipse and, and peeled out of there. Don't judge the eclipse now. This was Fast and Furious days back in the, way back when. But anyways, hopped on the freeway and started going home. And I probably knew I shouldn't have been driving, but I told myself, oh, I, I don't feel bad. And then what happens a few miles down the road? Boom, red and blues behind me, you know, shit. So I stop, pull over, and the first question out of this officer's mouth is, Hey man, how much you had to drink tonight? And I just like, oh, 
And of course, I tried to dodge it and cover. Oh, I'm just messing with the radio. Oh, I dropped my phone or whatever. Well, I get pulled out of the car, side of the freeway, cars going by. Do the whole field sobriety test, touch my nose, walk heel toe, walk in a line, all that stuff, which I did fine. Then he pulls out the little huffer blow through BAC checker deal. What's it called? I don't know. I blow through that. (coughs) 0.065. Legal limit in Nevada is 0.08. So yeah, I was under the legal limit, but it wasn't by much. And he told me that. And he said, he asked me where I was going. And I said, I'm just going home. And he said, you go straight home. And that was it. And after that moment, it just seemed to be a lot more real for me. And I dodged a bullet. I was a CDL driver at the time. And CDL limit is .04, so it's half. So I I got lucky, I think. And I mean, granted, this was before rideshare stuff. But I could have left my car. I could have called a cab. I could have stayed in a hotel. I don't know. But in today's age, we have Lyft, we have Uber, we have all these these rideshares. I would think that DUIs would be on like a huge decline, right? And I was actually curious about that, so I looked up some data. I looked up 2018 data, and there were just over 1 million DUI arrests. A million arrests in 2018, and over 10,000 dead from DUI, drunk driving related accidents in 2018. I know it's a little bit old, but that's all I could find at the time. And that seems like a high ass number, honestly, for something that's based on a f***ing decision. Like it's a decision. You make the decision to get in your car and drive. And whether you're, whether you kill yourself or whether you kill some family, You know, it's still, that was a decision that one person made that changed people's lives, right? And I think that's why, I think it bothers me a lot more, the whole DUI and driving under the influence thing now versus when I was younger is now I have kids and you think a little differently. When you have children, you, you think about your family a lot more. You think about, hey, that could be me. You know, I could pull out in my green light and get T-boned by some guy that's drunk. I mean, it, it happens every single day. And then I looked on another site, and it said that Ubers and Lyfts, car services, actually reduced DUIs. This was particular to Houston, but it reduced them by 20%. So that's, you know, that's a big jump, really. And I get these types of services aren't necessarily available everywhere, especially in rural areas. I even find it hard to hail an an Uber out here at my house, and I live... I don't even live rural. I live in a subdivision in, in a town outside of Indianapolis, but I'm far, it's like I'm far enough out to where they're just not available, right? And uh, of course, I'll list all these pages I got these stats from and everything in the description, so they're there for your reading pleasure. The responsibility.org page that has kind of some of the figures is actually pretty neat. You can hop around from all 50 states and, and get stats and and all these different figures, so it's it's kind of interesting. All right, anyways, I'm not here to preach, and I'm not here to judge and tell you what to do or tell you what not to do. You know, that's your own choice, and, and that's you're going to do whatever you want to do, and that's fine. I just want to instill some of my stories and opinions on this subject, I guess. So now I know if I had the contacts 
and the know-how to have an alcohol expert in here, this would be a perfect freaking time. Oh, well, maybe next time, right? All right, so let's bring it up now, since I always seem to bring it up every other time, and that's kids. How do we approach the subject of alcohol with them? Yeah, my kids are young, sub 10, so I'm not really worried about this anytime soon. They're way too young, but it's coming eventually. Who knows, though? Could be uh, Maury Povich style, you know, the show topic, Dr. Phil, maybe, quote-unquote, my 12-year-old gets drunk and hits me, or Timmy's 13, shoots fireball and parties with his friends. Can Dr. Phil save him? I don't know, just a little lightheartedness, but okay, seriously. How do we deal with this? I'm not going to be that parent that uh, tells the teen kids, well, if you're going to drink somewhere, you might as well drink at my house, and that way I can monitor you. I don't really think that's the answer. Not sure if you've seen the movie Mama or not, but um, spoiler alert, yeah, uh, these kids go to this random lady's basement to like drink and party, and then she turns out to be a psycho. So, I mean, I would rather my kids be educated enough about the subject to know what's not good for them and to make the right decisions. And I'd, I don't think that's a stretch to to teach that. I mean, it's it's terrible for the developing brain of a, of a kid or a teen. I think I read that somewhere. And I think I remembered myself even sneaking a sip of this or that at some point when I was in high school. But it, I, I was more scared of alcohol and scared of getting caught the juice was not worth the squeeze in my eyes. So I don't know really how to approach that. I'm not there yet. So maybe if some of you are, you can let me know. But I think just education, like anything else, talk to your kids about it. Tell them, I mean, I don't want to scare them away from it. I don't want to just make them afraid of it, but I want them just to be aware. And it's kind of interesting too, that, that alcohol is off limits completely, right? Off limits until you're 21. It's taboo, big no-no. And then all of a sudden, boom, you can buy it. You're 21. You can buy it. You can consume it. You can do whatever you want. And plus, now when you're 21, you're usually not living at home with mom and dad. You're off in college or doing something. So there's literally no governor on how you use it. So how do you combat that? How do you, how do you prevent that from happening? That's a whole other ball of wax. And I know people are drinking way earlier than 21. I'm not, you know, I'm not stupid. I mean, the Europeans do. They let their kids drink wine and stuff like that, right? When they're younger. At least I heard that. I don't know. So I wonder how their kids fare with alcohol. You think it's a better, a better, uh, God, I can't think of the word. Dynamic they have, maybe? I don't know. But I think, I think that's a big problem, though, too, is, is say kids don't drink at all. And then, yay, we're 21. And then they get hammered. And then they're around the peer pressure, like I talked about earlier, or maybe like maybe personal peer pressure. And then they they continue that, you know, and they're in their college years and they're partying. And I think it maybe maybe it would be a good idea to not expose your kid to alcohol. It's not like you're telling them to get drunk, but like, I don't know, just maybe show it to them almost a little bit, I guess. And 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 kind of show them what it what it can do to you and how it makes you feel and and how it it's. You know, you need to be careful around it, I guess. I don't know. There's a, there's some reading to be had. There's some reading to be done by me, at least, somewhere. I'll have to do some more research. But All right, so the last thing I'm going to say about this whole booze topic today is if you have an issue with alcohol 
or anything, or you need help, please, please reach out to someone. A friend, family member, find an AA meeting. Uh, there's tons of substance abuse hotlines. You can search substance abuse online and find a bunch of hotlines. Or even me. Even reach out to me. I don't care. And tell them you're struggling. Tell them you need help. And I think a lot of times um, people think they'll be judged. And that's not the case. I think if you genuinely reach out, I think people would rather just you be okay. And they would be more willing to just help you. That's all they really want to do. So, anyways, thank you for uh, listening to me drone on about this. I think I've talked about it for long enough. Like I said, this would have been way better with some sort of cool guest in here. Bounce some ideas off of. But I'm working on that, I promise. I'm I'm trying to figure that out. So, so we'll get there. But uh, please reach out. Vegas Ramer and IG. If you want to contact me through Podbean, you can do that as well. Let me know your opinions. Let me know what you think. I'm not there yet with the alcohol talk, but maybe some of you are dealing with this issue right now with your teens or your kids or whatever. So, yeah, let me know. Anyways, find this pod on podbean.com, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and I will see you next week.